0: Stay with us. Left, right, and center is up next. Uh, Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer will join us. It's been a while since those two were together. I'm sure we'll have an interesting program. We'd like you to be part of it, too. Leave that dial right where it is at 1290 CJBK. Well, we've got them back together again. We, we don't uh, uh, we don't see as much of these two gentlemen as we'd like, but they're both busy, and uh, as time goes by, uh, their pat- the stars get into the right alignment, and their paths cross again here on left, right, and center. Bob Metz and Jeff Schlemmer, the original... Right and yep. left. Righties and lefties here. Righty and lefty. <laughs> Welcome original. to both of you. Nice except to have you with no us. substitutes. Yeah, yeah, except no yeah. substitutes. <laughs> um, nice to have both of you guys here. I want to ask you something about a story that's, uh, that's in the news today. And uh, again, this may be one of these ones where there are left and right perspectives, or maybe it's just something we'll kick around. But I'm curious to know what you make of this baby-selling story in the United States. You heard that where the mom made a deal with a couple to sell them her babies, which I understand is not illegal in the United States. Um, $6,000 was the fee. Delivered the babies, got the money. A couple of months later, calls the new parents up and says, hey, I'd just like to have an afternoon with my babies to sort of say goodbye. Um, the new parents are kind of reluctant, but yeah, okay, all right. And, and uh, it turns out that they did suspect something funny was going on because they had some people follow her, apparently. Anyway, she immediately drove to a nearby hotel and turned the babies over to some a couple from the UK who had given her $12,000 for the babies. And now it's a schmuzzle. The babies have disappeared and the cops are chasing, running hither, thither, and yon. The FBI is getting involved because it could be kidnapping and all sorts of things. I just wanted in a sort of a general sense with you guys to get to how you feel about this whole idea of people putting their babies up for sale. I said earlier in the program that to me, I think it comes down to a fairly simple equation. This, uh, quote, mother doesn't seem to be very motherly to me. Um, You have to, I have to assume that Um, These kids are going to be better off with a pair of loving parents than some money-grubbing deadbeat, as her mother appears to be. Either of you have any thoughts on whether it's appropriate for people to be able to to, uh, give their babies to someone else, which has always been legal. You can certainly do that, but get some money in return for doing it. Well, isn't it
1: slavery if you're selling people?
0: (laughs) I think if the people are indentured to do... To do what you tell them to do, I suppose, and most kids are in a sense. If that were slavery,
2: then even having a child would be slavery under that definition because you're keeping them under your your care and guard and authority. Um, I find it always interesting that we are allowed to do certain things for free like donate our organs or give our children up for adoption, but the minute money enters the equation, all of a sudden everybody screams bloody murder for some reason. I don't think uh, morally it makes that much of a difference. However, I think the case you describe here is a is an unusual case in that we're dealing with a crime on any level somebody not honoring a contract mm-hmm. that they uh initially entered and trying to break it so regardless of whether it was a car they were selling and took it back and tried to sell it to somebody else yeah. for a higher price there's something wrong with this person this person is uh definitely uh not trustworthy and uh i would imagine that her child is better off without her than with her there's two of them twins well, too. Yeah, like that
1: part of it, obviously, there's no way, real issue about that, that if you sell, sell anything to somebody and then turn around and give it to a higher bidder, uh, that's that's not good. But on the other part of it, though, it occurred to me when you were talking about is the mother really fit to be a mother, What I, where I thought you were going to go with that was uh, uh, is this a case where children's aid or somebody could legitimately come in and say, you know, if you want to sell your kid, you're not really fit to be the mom, so we get the kid. Uh, but I think there is a difference between selling and uh, and. Um, giving up for other reasons, um, although I'm also conscious that we certainly have cases where with the technology nowadays, uh, you know there I gather, I don't know what you call it, I don't know if this is in vitro or whatever, where you take an egg from one woman and implant it in another woman. I guess, sur- surrogacy. surrogacy yeah. and where I, I gather that in those cases you would support the other mother mm-hmm. and there may be a, a cash payment for that.
0: That's usually the case, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: so so in a way, it's sort of a matter of degree, I suppose, as to where the egg came from. Um, But there still, to me, does seem to be an element of slavery when you're talking about selling a human being. uh, You know, that that's associated with with the good old days of buying and selling people. I don't think you're
2: selling a human being. I think what you're selling is your authority over that child. You are turning over to someone else the authority that was invested in you, and now that other person has assumed that it doesn't mean they have the right to violate the child's rights at all. That's what happened to Kunta (laughs) Kinte. A slightly different time. But, you know, even when people give up children for adoption the reason is because they are quote unfit parents maybe not in the in a negative harmful sense that we might immediately think of but the reason you give a child up is because you you are not fit to take care of it in Mm -hmm. some way you might not have the money you might yeah you might not have the health or the it could be a a host of reasons that that we can't even imagine because i don't think it's the kind of decision people make very easily Mm -hmm. and um so, again, I don't see money entering the situation as changing the fundamentals of it. I think money is just perhaps even better in some respects because it offers an incentive, and some people might argue, well, someone who's willing to pay for the child might be a better parent than the person who, who takes a child for free. I mean, you can go with these arguments every way.
1: And it's something that we, we're going to have to come to grips with because we're going to see a lot more of it.
0: You know, well, I have I I? an acquaintance who, uh, he and his wife, after being married for some years and uh, was into his 50s now and decided they wanted to have a family, and they bought two children from Russia, mm-hmm. and it cost them, I think he said, somewhere in the neighborhood of $20,000 a piece. Now, I don't think, I've never heard any outcry about that, and we've certainly talked about that before. He's, to the best of my knowledge, nobody's ever said anything adverse to him at all about the fact that he paid money to get these children, why do you think that's a different situation or is that any different situation than some of the hue and cry that's being raised about this well i don't know sort of where the
1: money ends up going but i i understand that anybody who's ever wanted to adopt anybody ends up paying money for it there's a cost involved in doing that and particularly if you're bringing them from another country um you know it costs a lot more so I, the idea that you're paying to get a kid in that case it's not that the parent is saying you know in exchange for money i'm willing to give up the kid it's that there are because the lawyers get involved, there are lots of legal costs involved in doing all well, that I understand stuff.
0: too though there are some flat costs like the kid costs you X number of dollars in Russia and the wow. money goes not to the parent but to the because these are kids in orphanages. the money goes to the government. It's X number of dollars for the kid and then all the expenses are on top of that that's well, what I'm then I think understand. a lot of
2: people view that a little differently because they almost see as, see the money as as paying for the child to get them out of bondage in a way. It's almost uh like that. Yeah, uh, is, uh, remember uh, they were uh, Pearson and Jane Roy going Yes, out e- exactly. I was going to use yeah. that. I don't know if this has anything in common, but w- was the concept of war brides the, the same concept? Was there money involved in that when, when uh, remember, women would come overseas during the war? Mm-hmm. Uh, was that usually done over financial arrangements? I'm not even sure what the I mean, history of that was. My
0: mother-in-law was a war bride.
2: And how did that work out? Or you know, how? She, she met my father-in-law. Uh,
0: when he was in Scotland, serving in Scotland, and they, they uh, fell in love, and he was repatriated back to Canada, and they maintained a relationship by by letters for mm-hmm. more than a year, I think, and then I was thinking more, these more inter- brides that Yeah, you know, like the things you well, see in the ads, mail order know? yeah
1: brides. I don't
0: know that much about it. Well, <laughs> it, it, uh, again, I uh, haven't been there, <laughs> but I do know that uh, I have a friend of a fr- uh, I have a friend who has a friend who did that in Toronto, uh, and got a Filipino girl and came over. and He, I don't know what he had to pay, but that definitely he paid a lot more money than just sending her a plane ticket. And she had registered with some sort of a uh, of an agency or something, and he got a book full of pictures of. These various women and description of who they were, and then they had a, uh, conversations uh, through the mail and through email for a while, and eventually he got on a plane and flew to the Philippines, and so they spent some time together. And he came home alone, and sometime after that she flew here and joined him, and they got married. Now he paid a lot more money, as I said, than a couple of trips to the Philippines would have cost him. I
1: think the world is a crazy place, and and when I think about uh, where we're heading with. Uh, with the possibility of selling organs again, uh, of uh, at some point being able to sell DNA cloning and all that kind of stuff, that uh, we're going to have to have a serious philosophical debate about whether uh, you should be able to sell, uh, buy and sell sort of humans and human parts and that kind of stuff. And and there are certainly arguments on both sides. I, I would tend, obviously, to take the argument that it's unseemly to be uh, trading in that. But I can see, on the other hand, uh, somebody arguing, maybe somebody in this room, that uh, it's your body, you can do whatever you want with it, and if well, you've got the care of somebody... That is the, the philosophic
2: argument, but but whether it's appropriate to do so, I mean, um, someone might find themselves in a position where they have a usable organ and they need money, they wouldn't otherwise give it up, and someone could use that. That's the kind of thing that that allowing people to do that would open up.
0: Yeah, uh, and, and the problem there is that you can make a case, then, that that person has been coerced. Even if, even if on the surface, and even if they say it's my own free choice, but you say if it's an organ that they wouldn't otherwise give up, but they need the money, somebody says I will give you the money, give me the organ. Right, but I, that's never
2: know, coercion. Not until somebody's going to pull a gun on you and say that unless you give me your organ, I'm going to shoot you.
1: Well, I've Until that no. happens, but, you know, the argument well, of coercion I think is irrelevant. in the United States, they pay for blood, don't they? You, go in and, yeah. uh, you know that that happens all the time. You pay for sperm, certainly, and you yeah. buy, buy the uh, catalogs of the Nobel Prize-winning sperm and yeah. all that stuff. Uh, so we're certainly heading down the road, and, and uh, with the advances in medical technology, it's going to become, I think, a much more uh, common issue... Um, so it is something we're going to have to deal with. But, but to say, I, and I haven't really thought it through, but there is something that to me just seems unsavory about the idea of bringing the dollars and cents. It's one thing if you want to donate your kidney to your brother or something. Yeah. But to say, I'll donate it, and by the way, I'd like 50,000 bucks, that's
0: different well, somehow. Well, well, if all your life you wanted that BMW, <laughs> and there's no other way to get it. Well, and it's your kidney. Uh, we're sure. going to pause for just a second. Just before we do that, I want to ask if either of you gentlemen know anything about ginger. Do you know what this, this secret, have you heard that story? Nope. There is some kind of a new invention, codenamed Ginger. There was a small article in one of the papers the other day that quoted Stephen Jobs and the guy who's the head, Bezos, the guy who's the head of Amazon.com, oh, I own. think, sure. and, and several other very prominent American businessmen who apparently are privy to this secret, who are saying that this invention is going to revolutionize society entirely, and the guy who invented it, a guy by the name of Cayman, is going to be richer than Bill Gates. But nobody is saying exactly what this invention is. Well, bet it makes food taste good.
2: I saw something in uh, USA Today about it, what people thought of when they heard the the, the word ginger, and the first thing was ginger on Gilligan's Island.
3: And that
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, on that rather pleasant note, we'll pause for just a second. We're coming right back with more on Left, Right, and Center. It is Talk of the Town in 1290CJVK. Lines are open for your calls. We had a caller waiting there. Didn't get to him fast enough, I guess, and he's gone. But the lines are open for you now. Six four three twelve ninety. If there's something you'd like to say, you'd like to join the conversation, please feel free to do so. Bob well, Metz and Jeff Schlemmer with us on this edition of Left, Right, and Center. Um, do we have a philosophical disagreement then, do you think, uh, between the left and the right on this, or is it, does it move to a higher moral plane when we talk about being able to sell your sell your children or sell your body parts?
2: I don't know that it's a left and right issue, per se. Um, I think it's more of a, of a personal uh, perspective kind of an issue. I mean, there's a lot of things I believe I have... A right to or that anyone has a right to, but I wouldn't agree with that decision being made. Um, that's an entirely separate issue. And when we're talking about rights, we're talking about basically the state either saying that we can or cannot do something. And uh, philosophically, I would think that the left would agree that a person has a right to their own body. I mean, traditionally, that's been more of a left-wing point of view than a right-wing point of view. And it's one that I share. Now, whether Jeff would disagree with me, sometimes I'm getting the impression he's on the other side of the fence on this.
1: Well, and, and as I say, I haven't just given it a lot of thought, but <clears throat> again, I'm aware of this sort of discomfort about the idea of being able to uh, to just sell or buy uh, a part. For, so oh, partly it is uncomfortable,
2: no doubt about it. Yeah, <laughs> just the thought of it.
1: Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Partly, partly for the reason that, uh, that Jim mentioned that... Uh, you wonder sort of what would drive somebody, what sort of um, economic desperation would drive somebody to give up a body part, because most of them you, you, you sort of need one way or another or sooner or later. Uh, it's not a, an inherently healthy thing to be sort of lopping off parts of yourself, and if somebody's willing to do that, to me it suggests a system or a, uh, an economy or a society where that person has gotten into a place I'd rather not see them to start with. Um, on the other hand, I think about, it's one thing about body parts, but on the other hand, as a lawyer I had to sell my soul, and...
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know the trouble with lawyers selling their souls you have to do it so early in your legal career that you probably don't get the best deal let's go to the phones now where greg's waiting hi greg
3: uh hi great show jim Thanks, uh, uh happy you got bob and jeff on again it's truly a left right and center when they're on uh there's a uh currently in the news there's a new study on the brain drain
0: yeah
3: and what they're saying right in the news is uh that they're not going south uh, because of uh, lower pay or high taxes. They're going because of um, greater opportunity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in, it, in itself, I think that report is kind of in error because since our tax day has come uh, 50% through the year after theirs for the last 50 years, that's why there's no opportunity. So, indeed, on the surface, it's not a tax problem, but I think it is. I, I the capital hasn't been accumulated. The the companies aren't coming here uh, because of what the employees will be taxed and they themselves will be taxed mm-hmm. as executives. Mm-hmm. And so, really, it it's very misleading and it leads us down the path. Oh well, taxes are okay. Uh, people aren't leaving Canada because of that.
2: You know, it was funny. We heard that very news item this morning on CJBK. And uh, I was just laughing at the point because I'm thinking, wait a minute. The reason they have more opportunity there is because they have lower taxes and and better wages. Yeah. That's what creates the opportunity. And it's like they've just divorced the two from each other, as though they have nothing to do with each other. And uh, it's just not so. That's exactly. <laughs> the, the
3: real double speak.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: Well, you want you want the counter counter argument? Are we okay. sure. <laughs> right off the bat. Okay. Well, every statistic that I've seen shows that. Uh, In terms of brain drain, in terms of uh, skilled people, there is a net wash in the sense that we have immigration uh, from all over the place where we're worse, skimming off doctors and scientists and everything from all over the world. Yes, coming but into that, Canada. Yes, but,
0: Jeffrey, but so that's a terrible thing to be doing. You you as yeah. a representative of the left should be the first to recognize I thought, it. I thought, it terrible. A, a global yeah.
1: economy, you're supposed to go where you get the best deal. And I guess yeah, what, yeah. what I would say is that, for instance, if somebody suggests to me that Canada should ha- try and hang on to Jim Carrey and we should pay him 20 million dollars to make Porky's seven, I would say no, that I don't think we should do that, that there are opportunities in other places that people go for. But what I'm also aware of, though, is that there have been record levels of, of people from all over the world investing in Canadian business over the last 10 years. Uh, Ontario now makes more cars than Michigan does, for instance, and it's yeah. not because of free trade, it's not because of the auto pact, it's because we're better at it.
3: Just on the import of the, 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 the PhDs and the brains, uh, a great high percentage of those Canadian taxpayers pay to educate. They come over as undergraduates. So, so, we, so we do pay for them. It's just not, you know, hey, we net out at zero because they, they come to Canada.
1: Well, the well, ones that concern me are the ones that we pay for and then they leave. So we I'm give somebody a subsidized medical education because in Canada it's way cheaper to become a doctor than it is in the states. But we, we pay aren't for netting out on doctors.
0: There's a, there's a net loss in doctors. Just yeah. Well,
1: that's examples. that brings up another interesting issue, which is who decides what doctors get paid in this province? The, the government does. Who decides what scientists get paid? The government does. They decide what, how universities are funded. So the government has consciously decided to have a break. Drain in certain specific areas, but when it comes to, to business, though, when you it, think that's it, a conscious thing, I think yeah. it's just well, inevitable. I, whether I they're, it, negotiating, it was, they're negotiating, they're no, negotiating all no, no, the time, deciding how much to pay them. And what, what well, i heard yesterday from somebody in the medical system is that you hear all this talk about how we're going to get our nurses back now because care has suddenly realized that they're not all uh, as obsolete as hula hoops. But uh, there's no new money coming in for that. It's not going to happen. They've all moved off to Detroit and Texas and so on because they could get a better deal because our government decided to underfund them because they mistakenly believed we didn't need them. Um, But but again, fundamentally, I guess, when I look at business opportunities, for instance, and that's an area where the United States has pulled ahead of everybody in the world in the last 10 years somehow, I still don't fully understand what (laughs) happened there. Because I thought Japan was taking over the world 10 years ago. They were smarter, they worked harder, they were concerned with R&D, they had great... Uh, ethic and all this stuff. Uh, I thought we were all dead meat, and something happened, and they've been in
0: the dumps called, ever since. Well, it's <laughs> called greed. Their, their stock market was overinflated and collapsed. Them. Well, but what about their work ethic? What about their I
1: role? don't think that's
2: changed. I think all you're seeing is a is, is a is a different trend right now because they're still putting money into the leading edge technology and things like that. And what they're telling us right now is that this was the this last uh, decade or two was the decade of the internet. The next one's going to be the de- decade and period of the robot. Mm-hmm. Because their technology on robot is unbelievable. You should see well, that how can move. little Sony dog cost fifteen hundred bucks. Though and I, didn't like, uh, <laughs> I get one, a real one, much cheaper than that. <laughs> well, they're not in the long
0: run. Trust me, not in the long run. You're going to
2: see quite a quite a revolution, and that's going to affect labor and in tremendous ways when we have more robots that are more like us. Greg, uh, thanks for your call and your thoughts okay, today. Okay,
3: just one last thing. Yeah. Yeah. In in, in uh, U.S., it'll be the decade of the robot. In Canada. Uh, it'll be a decade of a different robot if we keep going down the socialist drain.
2: <laughs> the call, Greg.
3: <laughs> Bye.
0: Take care. Bye-bye.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, You know, there's something to be said, I guess, in one way about what motivates people to go to the States, and I think that is the idea of opportunity. Mm-hmm. I've got friends down there who would like to stay in Canada. Mm-hmm. They're not going down there, quote, because of the wages or because of lower taxes. Mm-hmm. That's not the thing. But, but because of those things, yeah. the opportunity is there, it's, and it's the opportunity that attracts it's them.
0: It's one of the things, too. When I heard that story, I immediately, my reaction was nonsense. Because I know people, too, who's gone, who've gone south. And it's not any one thing that takes them, but in many no. cases, the dollars do play a very large mm-hmm. role. Um, I have a friend who's making almost twice as much money in the United States, doing the, the same job that she would have done, and I'm talking about jobs she was offered here in Canada, and she graduated in a, in a specialty. She was offered a couple of jobs at prestigious firms in Canada, um, was going to take one of them and thought, well, we'll just look around a little more, contacted some of the similar firms in States and ended up with twice as much money Well, I have a friend in the just, same job.
1: One just thing that I find interesting about all this is we could have had the same argument 150 years ago. This is nothing new. That The States has always been big and bold and brassy. It's always been the sort of bright lights. And, uh, you know, from 150 years ago, Canadians have talked about why can't we be more like the Americans in those ways? And yet 150 years later, we've still got a very a vibrant society, a society that in many ways is, uh, is way better than the United States. Um, but we still always have this sort of sense of, well, anybody in their right mind would obviously want to move to the States because it's just such a more wonderful place. And I, when I've been there, it's like, it's okay. But uh, I was reading an article last weekend about um, librarians who have gone to live in New York City and how they can make more money there. But they mentioned that they're living in a microscopic apartment on the Upper East Side. Mm-hmm. And I look at their, at their standard of living and, and they like New York, but New York's a great place in some ways, uh, you know, for the shows and all that kind of stuff. It's an exciting life but uh, they themselves say this isn't where i'm going to raise kids mm-hmm. i'm not going to raise kids in new york city mm-hmm. um so it's like well there's some you things about that the about states that are good, too, there, are large some, there are some jobs where you can make more money in the states than you can here whether at, at the end of the day you're better off i don't know and i'm also aware that there are lots of americans that come to canada um you know every time we turn around uh, it's, it's not not just americans but look at the, the guys they have the globe and mail now it's from england for instance it is we, we live in a world you know people do come and go but whether Canada's going down the drain, uh, I just don't see evidence of that. And as they say, this isn't a new phenomenon. Well, the I have, I have a, has a friend who's been, been more work- lassie fair than we have.: who's
2: been working in, in, the, in the computer industry and in programming. He's just gone back to the States again. He comes up to Canada every once in a while between contracts. And he tells me that in the last four years, he's been able to save more money than he could in 20 years working in Canada.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And that just stopped me cold, and he was shocked to find when he came here. That we regard upper income people, uh, you know officially as anyone who makes, I think sixty or 60, eighty thousand dollars. A- and he says that's pitiful. You know that's mm-hmm. Americans aren't like that at all. And, uh, it's,
1: it's Orlando, where so, the streets are paved with gold. Everybody knows
2: well, that. <laughs> well, look at how it looks at that from his future. He's got you know four times as much money in his bank account when he does come back to Canada. I'm sure well, he will. Mm-hmm. It's It'll the same
1: thing with Pam Landerson Lee. You can uh, you can cite all kinds of anecdotal but cases. But the thing is, we could do the same thing, in the United All we have States to do is And is could never have taxes. done as well in Canada. And you can lower your taxes all you want, and Jim is not going to get paid $20 million. Dollars yeah, but we're not talking about Toronto. Jim Carrey. Well, that's what I hear. I hear you say this guy and that guy and that woman... When I look at the broad picture, I see Canada's thriving. Canada's doing extremely well, you know. Uh, the other Partially thing, because we're able to trade with the states and because we have the freedom to move back and forth. That's, yeah, that's well, a big part, part of it. the states gets a, a few things out of and us, by the too. way, we're one we're, of the states' largest trading complex under. about the United States and how the United States does everything right, Canada does everything wrong, I just think, you know... You go live there, you know, and if you like it better there, live there. It is different, you know, but well, is it better? It's better for some people, but for a lot of people it's not. Well, and but, but we're not, talk- we're not talking move. about
0: necessarily the whole, the no, whole ethos of Canada versus the United States. But we're talking about opportunity. We're talking about economic opportunity. I have cousins who live in the, in the States about five hours from here in Michigan. And I'll tell you, at the end of the day, they get to keep a whole lot more of the money they make than I do. They've got health care that they pay for that's every bit as good as the health care I've got. They're but again, not, we're not talking about individuals. We're saying, I know a yeah, guy who did better in the, the States. But the community's made up of individuals. I'm talking about you know, there's well, the a whole the family of them.
1: Well, that's the problem in the United States, is that you can point to individuals and say, this person did better and that person did better. Generally, they're people who are doing pretty well. But I'm comparing these
0: people and with me. I'm comparing my cousins with me. But all again, what right? I'm telling
1: you is that you're not somebody who's in the lower economic strata in this in our society. If you want to look at are the wealthy wealthier in, in
0: the United States, yes they are are, the well, middle it's middle not, it's not are they they why, why why is that? Yeah. The, the reason is they pay lower taxes than we do. They, no, get com- they get comparable services to what I do living in London, Ontario, and they live in, in a little town called Barryton. They get comparable service services to what we, to what we get here. Their health care well they do.
1: Well, for one thing, there's no such thing as welfare for single people in, in Michigan at all. If you look at their health care system there again what it is for long c- we all know what the game is the game is take from the poor to give to everybody else you know and you can how say can you take everybody so else does better into that nothing. system and i go well hello of Jeff, course everybody Jeff. does better into that system except the ones you decided to rob to get there the question if i'm going to rob somebody i'm going to rob somebody who has money not you somebody you to who doesn't a have money to a Does that, that make sense so the guy next door to you starves out in the cold Jeff, Jeff, is that a deal Stop you want for to don't does, does robbing
2: the poor to make people rich make sense to you? Poor people don't have yeah, money. That's I, think why why call them poor. I think it's a terrible idea. I think it's a horrible it's idea. It's an oxymoronic idea. Well, it doesn't people even exist. work very hard at it.
1: You know, look at an anti- How can well, you rob somebody from somebody who doesn't have yes. anything? Yes,
2: and the point and is, do is that have you have know... they have nothing? Well, uh,
1: you know, certainly, the okay, point, we the want to make the, the poor are benefited arguments. most by those who Ontario, provide them goods and services They took away a billion dollars from our poorest people to hand it to our wealthiest people. Was that a good idea
0: economically? No, I, well, don't they didn't, no I don't way know. No, wait, wait, no. They didn't take away a billion dollars. Well, they want to get into semantics... They failed to give a billion dollars. The
1: wealth that was held by the poorest 10% of society compared to the wealth that was held by the wealthiest 10% of society, we redistributed that wealth. You can use any words you want to to, to phrase that, but that's what we did. We decided to do that. And you can say, are wealthy wealthy people doing well under that? Yeah, hell yeah, they're doing great under that. And some people argue, economists argue, that the best thing you can do for the middle... Person, the person in middle income is to make sure that wealthy people are a lot wealthier, because otherwise we have a brain drain. And you know, the wealthy people constantly say that if you don't coddle us enough, you know, we'll just leave. You know, we'll leave. And then we'll we with their natural They're asking to be left so alone. So what happens? then, again, you're back to semantics in terms of wealth distribution. Either sorry, they get more money or they get less mean. money. Uh, whether they whether they have earned it, whether they deserve it. I'm leaving that all aside right now. In you terms can't of leave that how aside. much that's money, the issue. Well, I'll talk about that you know, in a second. Earning earning money is, you is and I have debated that for years. You know, and I don't think we're going to agree on now but I'm saying that there are some economists who will say the best thing you can do for a society is to plow as much money as you can towards the rich because the rich are the ones who create all the wealth and blah 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 I don't happen to subscribe to that you you don't do that but if that's the case what you end up with is a bunch of losers who are left behind and the question is what do you do with them they're not going to get jobs they're going to live out uh, out, uh, crummy lives in the United States they've decided they're comfortable with having them live much much worse lives than they live in Canada I personally don't like that. That's what one of the things that makes me a Canadian. It makes my equivalent in uh, in uh, Southfield, Michigan, you're, an American. You're, you're confusing issue. We differ issue. on that. What you because do with we the, both don't the poor has nothing to do with the rich. Got this money because they deserve it. if you're think not that, helping the poor instance, by
2: handicapping the rich. I'll you're, tell that's you that somebody happening. who
1: calls himself best and brightest because they're wealthy, it, it makes no sense to me, because when I think of our best people, I think of the people who are the most selfless, so the, the the Rick Hansons of Canada rather than the Conrad Blacks.
0: Those well, I'm not, sure that, I'm not sure that best and brightest is an so appellation that necessarily goes along with having money. No. Well, that's that's the code. Whenever, like whenever it, we hear about, about like the best that.
1: and brightest <laughs> leaving, we're not worried about our altruists leaving. We're not saying, how can we keep our altruists here? How can we give more to uh, our vacancies sure and keep the Sure door. We are. we're talking about how do we keep our wealthiest people no, here and not. the people who pay for those reports the the Fraser Institute and all those guys who are Wealth constantly coming out issue. with reports trying to scare us saying our best is. and brightest are going to leave all of those reports are funded by our wealthiest people who consider themselves to be our best But that, doesn't change,
0: the fact are that they doesn't change the fact that they're leaving, though. They, they are, are they... still leaving.
1: Our altruists are not leaving. Our altruists are sticking right around here because it's a great place to live. Everybody in the world agrees Canada's the best well, place to live. Our altruists believe so in giving other people's other money
2: away, not so, their own money, and that well, again, makes them, I think, you can say they jerks if you like. Criminals. The fact <laughs> is that there are jerks. <laughs>
1: All right,
2: gentlemen, thank you so much. A
0: pleasure to have you back together again. Thanks very much, uh, We'll do our best to get Bob and Jeff in the same studio at the same time as quickly as we can, and maybe we'll pick up on this very conversation conversation right here thank you for listening to this edition of left right and center news is next after which we've got some more open phones and then it's ask the experts with laurie Rowe from financial strategies group and scott standing by with the latest news